Okay, let's start Parshas Vayechi, Tavshin Ayin Ches, the finishing up of the Sefer, Sefer Bracious, Chazak, Chazak, we have this week, Parshas Vayechi, uh, a special Leil Asar Beteves Shir. We know one of the three reasons we fast on Asar Beteves is what for the tragedies that happened on the 8th and 9th and the 10th of Teves, the 8th of Teves was the Septuagint, the translation of the Torah to Greek, the 9th of Teves was Ezra HaSofer's yard side, and the 10th of Teves was, of course, the siege, the most famous uh, reason, the various reasons given. <laughs> but uh, some of them, Mepharshim explained, or about the Seol Solomon has this in one of his essays, that really all three are about the diminution and weakening of Torah. Right. Obviously, the Septuagint is looked at as a tragedy for for Klai Yisrael because it was translated to Greek, and the magic of the Torah in its pristine, natural state in Hebrew, uh, Lashon Hakodesh, that was taken away. And Ezra Sofer was one of the leaders of the generation. And Gaulus, the Chorban leading to Gaulus, ultimately leads to Bittel Torah. We don't have a centralized Sanhedrin and a centralized base Amigdash. So really, the, the, one of the root reasons that we daven, <coughs> that we fast on Asar Bateves is for the Bittel of Torah that all those uh, events uh, caused. And that's why there's no greater way to try to be Masakin and bring the base Amigdash back than by having a shear uh, tonight on, on Asar Bateves. Okay, so let's start with a thought uh, that connects to something that we discussed years ago, but uh, it's a mashal. Start with a mashal, right, from the, <coughs> based on the Pasuk uh, of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, of course, uh, dies in this week's parsha. And in Perak Memches, Pasuk Tezvav, uh, he's giving brachas out. It's a parsha brachas, right? So one of the brachas, first he gives brachas to Yosef and to Menashe Ephraim and finally to the Shvatim. So right before Amalek HaGoel, the Pazag right beforehand says, Vayivarech has Yosef HaYomar, Ho'elokim asher hisalchu avosai lefanav Avram v'Yitzchak, Ho'elokim haro'e osi me'odi ad hayom hazeh. The God that shepherded me, haro'e osi me'odi ad hayom hazeh, Hamalek HaGoel si mikara, etc. But Hashem is called a shepherd by Yaakov Avinu. So what is that supposed to, what imagery is that supposed to to, uh, to give us. Mizbar Ladavid, we know David and Melech also did it. Mizbar Ladavid, Hashem Roi Lo Echsar. I do not lack anything with God as my shepherd. Binoz Desha Yarbitseni, he met, lets me graze on the Desha, on the grass. What's the message of Yaakov Avinu and David Melech saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Roe? So, it's here in the, in the Sefer Lathanik Besanugim, he gives a mashal. Gives a mashal, thinking about a shepherd. Line six. There was a shepherd that was bringing his tzon, his sheep, to the uh, mirror, to the pasture. On the way there, on the way there, they pass various grassy areas. Some of the sheep started going to the sides to try to eat some of the some of the pasture, some of the grass. The shepherd sees this. He hits them. He says, keep going, keep going. Don't stop here. And they're forced to continue and not eat where they wanted to eat. As they continue on their way, some water, a water little uh, hole is found. If he's some water in a trough, they want to get some water, they're thirsty. And he says, no, 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 keep going, keep going. Somebody from the outside that sees the shepherd, sees what he's doing, he th- they'll think he's ruthless. What's he doing? He's not letting them eat. He's not letting them drink. What kind of shepherd is this? 
What's the problem with the shepherd? The roa does not answer. The roa just continues going. Until he gets, after a long while, he gets to the Makomira Dashin Virana and he gets to the ultimate, a huge area of pasture, a tremendous lake for the sheep to, to drink from with cool, crisp, sweet water. And now the shepherd says, sheep, drink as much as you want, eat as much as you want, enjoy. Ba'odam Baderach, line 20, Loshiru Hakfasim. The sheep could not have known what was waiting for them at the end of the day. Maybe the sheep are thinking that the roar doesn't care about them. He doesn't want their goodness. Finally, when they're partaking and they're eating and they're drinking, they realize this is what it was all about. It was all for our good. We thought he was being difficult and and uh, ruthless and not caring for us, but we realize, we realize now we see the big picture, realize where he was taking us. shall move on, and, and that's what life's about. Hashem is our roa. Hashem is our shepherd. And sometimes we want to nibble over here, we want to drink over here, and we think this, and we get a patch from the shepherd, and we don't understand it, because we're like the sheep. We're like the sheep. Everybody has their own difficulties. This one has parnasa. This one can't find their z- doesn't find their zivug uh, in as short a time as his uh, his chavra. This one's looking for waiting for a child. This one is this. Everybody has this one has illness. This one is difficult with the children. Everybody has their package, and nobody knows what's happening behind closed doors. And we feel sometimes lost, left, not focused on, and we have to remember, Mizmer Ladavit Hashem Roi Loechsar. There'll come a time where we'll be able to pasture and we'll be able to look back and realize that Hashem was guiding us the whole way, and we just didn't realize it at the time. A number of years ago, we, we quoted also, we mentioned about the Yahweh Salam before, in one of his uh, Matnas Chaims, he quotes, maybe this Pasuk even relates back to last week's parsha, when Yaakov Avinu stands in front of Paro. And Paro says, we discussed this last week, Paro says, how old are you? And he says, I'm 130, ma'at v'ra'im. And Chazal take him to task for his, his answer. So, Rebbe uh, Solomon notes maybe there was a change from Ra'im to Ro'e. And here Ro'e is spelled without a Vav. Sometimes we think and we feel it's Ra'a as it's taking place. But really, it's Ro'e. And Yaakov Avinu, when he's 147, looking back at his life, he's able to say, And that's and that's what happens, and that's the message that we start off with. We have to realize it's Roa, and maybe that's a message for Asar Batavis as well. The beginning of the process. It's been th- how many thousands, two thousand years, right, since since the siege started. The siege of Bayez Rishon was really the beginning of the whole Golas, because as we know, Bayezheni was a temporary stopgap measure. Everybody knew that wasn't forever. But you know what? You can have a base of Middash without an, without an Aron. Without a, without a, with an empty Kodesh Kadashim. That's a base of Migdash. Without the Urmatumim. Without the, without the Shechina. The five things mentioned in, uh, Mesechas Yoma. Around Tafchaf, Chafalaf or so. So, says the, so, t- t- tonight, realize, Rabbi Tevi, it's really the beginning of the whole process of the Galas. 
So we have to acknowledge that it's Roa. It's Roa, even though so often, and we see, and we make Dinah Emes in this, in this uh, existence, but we believe deep down that there's a Roa. And we're going to be able to pasture. We're going to be able. To, we're going to be able to partake of that uh, one day, hopefully, hopefully soon. And that's what David Melech sees, and that's what Yaakov Avinu as well uh, started um, starts our evening tonight off with. Okay, so now let's get back to some of the uh, messages of the parsha. So Yaakov Avinu was in Mitzrayim for 17 years. His last 17 years, he's 147, and his days of getting, uh, he's almost no ready to die. His days of, you know, almost uh, expiring come. He calls to Yosef, make sure you don't bury me here. He swears. And after that, He swears. It's told to Yosef, your father's sick. Chazal tell us, source number three, Yaakov Avinu was the first person to get sick. That's mentioned here. doesn't say anywhere else. It says Yitzchak was blind. Right? doesn't mention that somebody else was sick. It says the Azayim LaTorah, Darshu Chazal, Ad Yaakov lo haya choli ba'olam, Ad shebikish Yaakov yomar, imein choli in adam etzav What's different is that Yaakov asked for this illness. Yaakov asked for the holy. He was the first. Avram Avinu asked for zikna. That's not our focus right now. But Yaakov Avinu asked for holy. And the question that the Azayim Latar of Saraskin is bothered by is, why Dafka Yaakov? Right? What does Yaakov say? I want to be sick before I die because I want to be able to have a warning that he was about to die and then to give instructions to his children. Right, Avram Avinu, Yitzchak, didn't need that immediate um, warning. Ya- Avram asked for zikna. So a general warning. He gets old. So he knew it was coming, but it sounds like Yaakov specifically needed right beforehand. He needed, he wanted to be sick, and sickness was going to lead to, that illness was going to lead to death. So I was a daft Yaakov Avinu that asked for this. Efshar Lomar, says the Azayim Latorah. Efshar Lomar. Sha'avram lo bikesh al hacholi, kitsive ezban of kodem shabo. Avram Vino didn't have to ask for holy. Why? Because what messages did he have to give before he died? Was there going to be confusion? Was there going to be a lack of clarity? He knew what he had to do. He had one son named Yitzchak and one son named Yishmael. There was no confusion what was going to have to happen. Who was going to get the spiritual Yerusha? There was clarity. He gave the Bnei Pilakshim Matonos during his lifetime. He sent them away. And everything else he gave to Yitzchak uh, at that time. So there was clarity. Yitzchak Avinu, there was also clarity. It happened to be, at first, the wrong clarity. But at least he felt there was clarity. He was going to give the brachas to one of his sons. It happened to be the one that was going to, wasn't going to get the brachas eventually. But Yitzchak of Meros, the Chashav Shezes Siman, right? He couldn't see. He thought that was a simichakarbi and make me matamim and get the brachas. So it was clear for Yitzchak too. It just so happened that Hashem had other plans and made it clear the other way, which clarified it for Yitzchak. But what about Yaakov Avinu? Yaakov Avinu had the Shifteka. He had a Yosef. He had a Yehuda. 
he had a Ruvain, he had a Yisachar, he had a Levi. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of strong personalities in my family. Avol Yaakov, Shahayulo Yudbeis Banim, Kula Mahuvim, Kula Berurim. He knew kind of what he had to do, but he knew it wasn't going to be glott. It wasn't going to be smooth. And there was going to have to be a time appropriate for it to be done. If he does it too early, might not, might not work. It might cause machlokas. He knows what strife is in the family. He knows what's already, where it's, what it's already caused. Right? There were 22 years that he had to suffer for it. From the from the sibling rivalry, but says the Azayin Latora, the Kashay Lo B'Chayav L'Kachas as a Bechor May Ruvin V'Lo Mosul Yosef V'Sakuna L'Levi V'Samalchus Yehuda to divvy up to divvy up all of the portions. There wasn't going to be one person getting everything, like a Yitzchak and a Yaakov. Levi was going to get something, Yehuda was going to get something, Yosef was going to get something. They were all going to receive something. So Yaakov didn't want to do that too early. I'll do that right before the end. So Yaakov says, I need to be sick. Not just Zikna, which could go on for decades, but I need to be sick. Dafka Yaakov, because he had so many addresses to give his spiritual Yerusha to. So Yaakov Avinu says to himself, I need to do this in the right time. And he gives it all out, and that's why he needs to do it right before. Right? It reminds us of the Rashi in Parshas Dvarim, where Rashi also says that Moshe Rabbeinu waited Samach Lemisa to give Tochacha. And that's what Shmuel did. Rashi quotes the people, personalities, you know, the whole Sefer Dvarim is six weeks. That's, that Samach took, took him six weeks to give his last will and, uh, will and, and messages. But either way, the Zion Latorah tells us that in life, often, a message that we can take from the Azayin Torah, timing is everything. Even if there's something important to say over. Even if there's a message, I'm going to tell my son, my sons, who's going to be the king? Who's going to be the Kohen? Who's going to be the Bechor? It's very important messages. You have to know when to say it. Right? The Mishnah Pirkei already tells us. Right? Alt Allah... Don't try to be menachim somebody. Don't try to uh, calm somebody down when they're when they're angry at bakas. Gotta wait till they cool off. Gotta wait till it. It's all in the timing. So much is in the timing. Parents talking to children. Rabbeim talking to students. Spouses talking to each other. Right? Do I say something right when my wife walks in the door, or do I give it a couple of minutes? And you know, it's all about timing. That's the message that we could take from this Aznayim La Torah. The Yaakov Avinu waited for the right time in order to give over these messages. Okay, moving right along. Paragraph Ches Pasuk We get to one of the more colorful moments in the, this parsha, and we have the brachas. Actually, a little bit later. Memches Yud Zayin. Vayar Yosef. What happens? Yosef brings his children to his father. What happens? Pasuk Yud Gimel will start. He brings them. What does he do? He puts Ephraim on his right, which is the left of Yaakov. He puts Menashe on his left, which is the right of Yaakov. Seek Yadav. 
Years ago, we spoke about that. Sikel, connecting that to Sibolas and Shibolas in Sefer Shoftim. It's a pretty verbose pasik. What do we need all of the directions for? Yosef takes both of them. Ephraim, just write Ephraim on your right and Menashe on the left. No. Ephraim on the right, which is the left of Yaakov, by the way, if you, if you know, you know, directions. And Menashe on his left, which happens to be the right of Yaakov, just in case you couldn't, uh, get the picture in your head. And Yisrael, Yaakov takes his right, puts it on Ephraim, and he's the younger one. We know that already. Is that, is that telling us something? Or is that just emphasizing how unusual it is? He gave his right hand to Ephraim, who happens to be the Tzair, Vesmola Rosh Menashe. A couple of seconds later, Vayar Yosef, Kiyashis Aviv, Yad Yamin, Al Rosh Ephraim. Vayera Veinav. Vayismach Yad Aviv, La Sirota. He takes his hand off. Me Al Rosh Ephraim, Al Rosh Menashe. Sim Yamincha. Yamin, there's a lot of Yamin and Small going on in these Psukim. Says Rav Yosef Nechem Yukornitzer, source number four. Quoting Rashi. He's asking the first question of the um, why it's so much emphasis, so many times repeated, the right and the left. And he also uh, wonders about the Tsair and also the Pasuk I did not read. If you continue in Pasuk Yutes, he says, There's an emphasis about the younger son, the smaller son, right? emphasizing, is that somehow connected to the reason why the hands were switched? Tzarech Lahavin, line 14, Inyan Vikuach Yaakovim Yosef. Binyan Yaminu Small. What was the root machlokas here? It wasn't just about, you know, older and younger. Again, we've discussed this often in past years. What exactly was the machlokas? What was the symbol of Menashe? What was the symbol of Ephraim? But this year we're going to focus on Yaakov and Yosef, not just Menashe and Ephraim. What were Yaakov and Yosef thinking? Says Rav Yosef Nechemya. Balmarti Bazeme Oz, Ki Amru Chazal, and Perki Avo, source line 21, Al Shloshes Varma Olam Omeid. Mishnah Perki Avos tells us at the beginning of Perki Avos the three pillars that a world stands on. Ala Torah, Ba'avod, Devagimilas Chasadim. Vikfar, Bi'arti, Be'parshazu, Be'pazakamalach Agol. I've already explained earlier. Kitzarech Adam Lechos Becholkim, Ol Elu Ke'echad. Really, each Jew has to try to do all three. We all have to try to do so much in all areas. But Rabbi Yosef Nechemia says, oh, first, If I learn and I don't daven, I have nothing. If I daven and I don't learn, I have nothing. If I, do, if I do chesed without Torah, I'm nothing. If I do Torah without... So I have to try to do everything. But, says Rabbi Yosef Nechemia, we do acknowledge that everybody excels in certain areas. Everybody has to do everything. Everybody has to learn, everybody has to daven, Serve Hashem and everybody's do chesed. But there are some people that excel in chesed. Obviously, they're called Eitim La Torah too. But they're chesed people. That's their mahus. There are some people who, they're, 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 they're rabbeim, they're Torah, they're kulo Torah. Obviously, they do chesed. But their main, their, their, their essence is Torah. And then there are some people that obviously learn and do everything, but, you know, their, their tefillah is unbelievable. So that is true about all of us. Line 30. We won't be called complete individuals unless we do all three. Because 
But the level of completeness in each one is different for each person. It depends on who we are, right? Parenthetically, reminds us of the Rambam at the end of Mesechus Makos, where the Rambam says, what does the Mishnah mean? Hashem gives us so many mitzvahs. That's a schus. Give us ten mitzvahs. That's a schus. 613, it's so hard. The Rambam says, no, we have to try to do all the mitzvahs. But you know, we all have different personalities. So Hashem gives us so many mitzvahs, so there are, there are at least one or two that we connect to on a very deep level. Of course, we have to do all of them, but there are some mitzvahs that, you know, we love, and different mitzvahs for each Jew. But it's a similar idea. Even though we do all three, his Iker Koach is Avoda. And another Tzadik, his Iker Tafkid is Torah. And others is Chesed. Everybody has their own, and that's fine. Everybody's different. Right? Not everybody's cut out to do Chesed all day, or to learn Torah all day. So, Hashem understands. The Iker of what a person is, that's his yamin. That's his right. As we always say, yamin is the chashif. His small, it's part of him. My left hand is important. It's part of me. But it's my weaker hand. It's my secondary hand. That's the yamin and that's the small. Even though they're both part of a person. So if somebody is ikar in Torah, Torah is his yamin and chesed is his small. And vice versa. With that background... We now get to Yosef and Yaakov. What was Yosef's midah? Obviously, he did everything and he learned all the Torah from Yo- Remember the Rashi and Parshas Vayeshev, all the Torah that Yaakov got from Shem Be'eber, he gave to Yosef. Obviously, out of Torah. But what was Yosef's life about? It was chesed. But supporting the world. Supporting his family. We discussed last week, right? He was the first balabas, in the words of Resolvechik, we mentioned last week. But he was excellent in everything, but chesed was his yamin. And Torah was his small. Yosef Atzatik in the top of source 5. Shebevada hishlem atzmo gambe Torah kefi yecholto. Obviously, he perfected himself in Torah as well. Ki ben zakunim, he quotes the Rashi I just mentioned. Mikol makom, ikr gadula sohu, bechinas malchus, kemilas chesed. Shoyesh shalit du mashbir, l'chol ama aretz. Vahaysa mida zosetz lo bechinas yamin. What about Yaakov Avinu? Opposite. Titan MS Liakov. Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Halim. Yaakov is about Torah. Yaakov is the combination, right? If you say Avram is Chesed and Yitzchak is Avoda, so Avram, Yaakov is Torah. That's Yaakov's Yemin. It's the opposite of Yosef. And Chesed, we're not talking about Avoda right now, but Chesed was his small. I'm not Yaakov Nefachu. Obviously, Yosef's Yemin is Yaakov small, and Yaakov small, Yaakov's Yemin is Yosef small. So now let's read the Pesukim. Right? What happens? Yosef looked at his father and he said, my father's amazing. My father, his yamin is Torah. I want that for my Bechor. And therefore, what does he do? He puts Menashe at Yaakov's right, his left. Because he wants Menashe 
to have the Amin, to have the Torah of Yaakov, but emphasizing that it's the opposite of him. While Ephraim is going to go on Yaakov's left and Yosef's right, because that's what Yosef sets up, because he's going to be the Balchesed. That's what he thinks. Vasher Hoker Yosef, Yosef values as Erech Aviv, Yosef Erech Atzmo, Chashav Shebeno Abachar, Chashav Abachar, Hu Yirash, Bechinas Yaakov. He'll get thee from the Zayda. V'zeh Sha'amar, Vayikach as Ephraim, B'yemino, Mismol Yisrael. That's the emphasis of the right and the left. Ephraim, he puts his right, Yaakov's left, to get the Hashpa of Chesed. Emanasha the other way. But Yaakov has other thoughts. Seek Elis Yadav, he switches his hands. Why? Why should Ephraim get the Torah? The younger, and why Dafka? Because he's younger. So one might say, yes, he saw in the Vua that Yeshua Benun, right? He was going to be the leader after Moshe Rabbeinu. So, you know, so one might say that he saw Benavua, but suggest Rav Yosef Dechemi another thought, which is usually kind of maybe opposite of how we usually, they're both right, but kind of opposite of how we usually sometimes think. Yosef, Yaakov thinks that Yosef, he sees, he came to Mitzrayim, he sees Yosef really learn with his kids. And, you know, though he was the king and he was the viceroy, but he had time with his children. Who did he have more time with? Who did he have more time with? Madasha. But, who is he more experienced with? And who was he able to give life experiences with Torah to, even just a little more? To Ephraim. Sometimes the Benzakunim, on the one hand, the Bachar, right? They say as a, as a, as a joke, you know, the Bachar gets Pishnaim because of all the parents' mistakes are on the Bachar, right? It gets Pishnaim. But, you know, along with that, those lines, that the younger son is like, by that time, one might say the parents like, okay, do whatever you want. They're already older and, and, and mellowed. Or it might be that the parents, according to Rabbi Yosef Nechemia's thought, are able to give the Torah, their, 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 their Eitzah of life more to the younger than to the older. In an ironic way. And the, and the older that it's Tzadik and the Tamar Chacham gets, as the Mishnah says at the end of Kinim, they get even more Torah and more uh, Eitzah. The Alkain, so Yaakov thinks Ephraim is more worthy to get the Torah. Again, it could be also with the Nevua. And that's the emphasis of Achiv HaKaton, line 20. Lasheru HaKaton Vatsoir Yigdal Mimenu. Okay, either way, whether you accept that second part of the thought or not, but either way, the Yemin and the small is something very special. And that is what Yaakov and Yosef were talking about. Who was going to get the Torah? Who was going to get the Chesed? And the Mash, who was going to be the, the one, the Melitz Benosam, right? Menashe already showed that he had those Gashmi abilities. But either way, this is, this is the root of Yaakov and Yosef. Okay. Moving right along. Perek Memtes. So now we get into the main part of Vayechi, at least in quantity, and that is the brachas. Vayegor Yaakov is Elbanav. Yaakov calls his children Vayomer. Heyasvu vaagid alachem. Eshashayikreschem baachresayam. Gather round. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen at the end of days. I'm going to tell you. And then he says it again. He comes to Vishimu B'day Yaakov, Vishimu Yisrael Bicham, listen to me. And then he starts talking about each of the Shvatim. 
So if you just read the Psukim, we might say, oh, this is all an allusion to the end of days, exactly what he was going to say. He starts off by saying, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen by Achros Hayamim, and then he talks about what's going to happen with uh, Lo Yasser Shevim Yehuda and Adki Avoshilo. He's talking about the end of days. But Chazal tell us there's something missing. Chazal tell us that he was about to tell them Mamish Bachros Hayamim. He was going to tell them when Mashiach is going to come. He was going to tell them everything about the Geula and the Mayanos Hanavua, the wellsprings of prophecy, were closed off to Yaakov Avinu all of a sudden. And that made Yaakov very nervous. Very nervous. The Gemara Psachim tells us, right? You have it in the source number seven, right? Bikish Yaakov Avinu, Lagalos Esakates, Venestagam and Ashrina. The Shrina left him. What does he say? Shemachas Vashalam Yishbamitasi Psol. Oh, is there a psal in my mita, my children? Avram had a Yishmael. Yitzchak had an Esav. Maybe I have a problem too. Is there somebody who doesn't believe? And the Rambam also quotes that story, as we know, in Hilchus Kriyashma. Because this is the source, right? What does he say to his children? Yaakov Avinu says, is there a problem? What do they answer him? Chas v'shalom, Shema Yisrael. Listen, Yisrael, our father. Hashem alokinu, Hashem achad. We believe. Yaakov says, thank God. And that is obviously the first person to say that and why we say that when we say Kriyashma. Source number six, the Ramam codifies this. Even though it's not in the Torah, the text of the Torah goes from Shema Yisrael to Hafta. So it's unbelievable. We might say, how could we be mafzik? Kriyashma, you can't be mafzik in Kriyashma. Yaakov Avinu said it. If Yaakov said it, we could say it. So we're mafsik with Baruch Shem Kavom Machsod Yolam Ba'ed. Right? We had a whole uh, Shabbat Shuvah a number of years ago about the significance of that uh, of that phrase. But for Lama Karunoso, why do we have this pus again? The Ramam asks, Misores Hibi Adenu Shebeshasha Kavat Kibetz Yaakov Avinu Esbanav B'Mitzrayim Bishas Bisaso. When Yaakov Avinu gathered all of his children in Mitzrayim, when he died, he was Mitzavah them and he was Mizaris them on Yichud Hashem. Is there somebody that doesn't believe? Is there somebody that doesn't believe amongst you? They said, no, Shema Yisrael. Listen to us, our father. They called their father by his name. Maybe it was just a nickname. And that's why we say, Baruch Shem. So that's the story, the amazing emotional story at the end of Yaakov Avinu's life. The question is, out of all the Averis that Yaakov might have thought that his sons were violating, Emuna in God? Avodazara? That was the Chshash? I mean, if, if you think there's a worry, that the, the most basic, the, 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 the basis of everything else, Anochi Hashem Alokecha? How was that the Chshash? How is that, um, how is that something that, that, uh, he's nervous about? Right? Rav Asher Weiss writes in source number seven, towards the bottom. V'sumah aleinu lahavin, madua Yaakov avinu, choshtam dafka pipagam chomurzeh, pipagam shlavodazara, sheinem munasam shleima. Why is that the chash that is, that is thought about by Yaakov avinu? Says the Menachaz Asher. Maybe it's based on a Zohar. It's based on a Zohar. Source number eight. A Zohar in Parshas Bahar. The Zohar tells us that somehow, which we're not going to get into right now, the Chait of Adam Harishon somehow encapsulated all three Averis Chamuros. How is that? Kabbalistically, we don't know. 
but somehow that, that we know that was the root of all hate. He only had one mitzvah and he violated, so maybe that's why it's considered the big three. He only had one and he violated. And the Zohar says that the Avos each had to be Misakane, one of these big three. As it says also, Adam Arishon, right, all the different days about Adam Arishon. And the Zohar continues on line 10. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, right, they purified their seed, and in that way we'll be able to have a Klal Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu, he separated from him. What came out of him? Yishmael went away. Yishmael was shot of Bezima, as he's known. So, Zima Gilirais is done. Yitzchak Avinu, Esav, what was Esav was known for many Averis, but what was he really known for? Ritzicha. Right? He was Ayef from murdering in the forest. So Avram Avinu took care of Gilirais. Yitzchak Avinu took care of Ritzicha. What's left? Avodazar. Yaakov Avinu thinks there's a chash. Yaakov Avinu is wondering if any of his children have gone off. He didn't think so. But now that the Nevuah left him, line 19, Maybe somebody doesn't believe, because I know that's the only Avera that's left. That's the only one left to be Misakain. Ubelev Kaved. Sha'alu es banav, shema yesh belibchem, ala kadosh baruchu. Maybe there's a problem. Anulo banav yamru, shema yisrael Hashem alkin Hashem echad. No, 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 there's no problem. There's no problem. We all believe. Fatachi ruach Yaakov aviyem, and he says, baruch shem kavod, malchusol yalam v'ed. That's why there was a chash v'avodazar. But there's still just one question to ask. So that sin wasn't misukan. So what happened to Avodah Right? If Avram took care of Gilearias and Yisrael took care of Ritzicha, so how did Yaakov, that the Zohar doesn't mention, says of Usher Weiss, line 35, Velibi Omerli. My heart tells me, quoting from Rashi in Parshat Tzavah, Velibi Omerli, Tahatam Shezoch Yaakov Avinu, L'sakin is Hepagam Achomor, he didn't have to separate anybody. How was it? This relates to what we just said earlier. Which Midah was Yaakov Avinu? Yaakov was Torah. Torah has the power to cleanse. Torah has the power to protect. Torah is a shield. And that's why, even without getting rid of directly Avodah Zarah, the Torah could do it. The Torah could protect, right? He was the Amura Torah. That that itself is a protection, right? It's not exactly the same, but I just thought of, right? Though many of the Mefarshim deal with the question of there are so many different Gemaras about which, what was the chait of the led to the Chorban, right? The Yukran Yuma Daftes. With the big three for the first base of Megdash and Sinaschina for the second base of Megdash, the Gemara Bametzia, Al Shadonu Din Torah, they didn't do Lefnei Mishur Sadin, right? All different Chazals. But then there's the Gemara Nedarim, Shlo Berchu BaTorah Tchila. They didn't have the proper Chashivas for Torah, right? Whatever that means, we're not going to get into back right now. The Ran, the Beis Halevi, they didn't have proper Chashivas to the Torah. So how do you put all the Gemaras together? So many Mefarshim say, as long as they had proper Chashivas to the Torah, that protected them 
even though they were violating other Averis. It was terrible, other Averis. But Torah has a protective power. If we're learning it, Lashma. But there, in that, but in that generation, they stopped learning Torah Lashma. Right? Often, if we're not learning Torah Lashma, that goes along with the other Averis. If we're doing Torah Lashma, it's going to lead us back Lamutav. But maybe, suggested Minchas Asher, that's why Yaakov didn't have to get rid of the Avodah of Zarachet, because that was gotten rid of through his Torah. Good. Now let's get to some of the brachas themselves. Source number nine. The brach of Yisachar. We're going to talk about Yisachar a little bit tonight. A couple of thoughts. Yisachar, Pasuk Yudalid, Chamar Garem. Yisachar is a donkey. Rovetz ben Amish Batayim. Rovetz ben Amish Batayim. What's the message of a donkey? So the Chavetz Chaim quotes the Gemara about Zara that builds on Yisachar, but we're going to add. Yisachar is compared to a donkey, but a low-made Torah, a donkey carries a heavy load, long they try to carry a heavy load, but says the Chafetz Chaim, quoting the Gemara about Azara, La'olam yasem adam atzma al-divrei Torah, kishor la'ol u'kachamor la'masa. To Torah, we have to be like an ox and a donkey. Both. Gemara about Azara says in the first parak. What's the difference between an ox and a donkey? And why do I need both? The ox and the donkey. Says the Chavetz Chaim, the ox and the donkey perform opposite functions. An ox is used to prepare the field, to plow, right? To get the field ready for planting. That's what a mainly an ox does, right? He plows, he schleps the plow and he makes holes and then he can be able to seed. What's a donkey used for? After everything grows. You load up the donkey with all the produce to bring it back to wherever you're going. So the chamor is post and the shor is pre. To be successful in Torah, it's all about pre, during, and post. Pre, we have to get into it. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to do whatever we can to hard work. Hard work to get to the goal of understanding. It takes hard work. It takes it takes a zitz flash to be able to sit. It takes it takes. Uh, I have to go buy this farm. I have to do whatever. I have to do whatever I can to allow myself to get to the to the to the to the, to the stage of doing it. The before. But if I if I learn and it's done and what stays in, what I learned in the base badger stays in the base badger and what's in the gemara stays in the gemara doesn't go into me, so then I've lost it also. I need the chamor. I need to schlep it into my life, right? As we've said, right? It's not just that a person goes through shas, but that the shas goes through the person, right? A person has to take it with them. The learning can't stay in the sefer. It has to be a Torah chayim. Go into the chayim. Go into me, and that's the message of the chamor. We have to have the shor as much as we can, and we have to have the chamor as well. And that's the message of Yisachar. Yisachar is called chamor. You might say that if you have the chamor, you obviously had the shor beforehand too, as long as you have the proper. Maybe that's why it's just called. Shiosef gets to be called the shor, right? But uh, here, the emphasis is the chamor. Erev, the, uh, the footnotes in the Chavetz Chaim on the Torah, he talks about the power of Torah, as we discussed a little bit just now, in terms of the protective power. 
Right, there's, uh, there's powers to, to be saved from Chevli Mashiach, as the Chavis Chaim said. You know, as we see every day, this Sarah upon Sarah, and obviously he lived before World War II, you know, we have to be Mechazik in Koach HaTorah in order for the, to merit the protection of, um, of the Torah. But again, our message is, pre and post, it's the Heksher Mitzvah, it's the preparatory stages for the Torah, and it's taking the Torah uh, with us, not leaving. And that applies to every situation, every, every situation in life. Right, the, uh, I think it's Rav Schwab, if not some, someone else, right, he talks about it on Yom Kippur, right, but the Kohen Gadol we know, uh, goes into the mikveh five times and washes his hands and feet ten times, right, whenever he changes his clothes. He takes off his clothes, washes his hands and feet. Puts on new clothes, washes his hands and feet. Five times, five times, ten times. So the last time he washes his hands and feet is when he puts on his big day atzmo. He's switching all day. Big day lavan, big day zav. Big day lavan, big day zav. Whenever he goes to the Kosh Kadashi, he puts on the big day lavan. He comes out, he puts on the big day zav. And yet the last time he takes off the big day Kohen Gadol, he puts on the big day Atzmo. And he washes his hands and feet, and he goes home and he makes a party, he makes a suda. Ask for Schwab, what does he have to wash his hands and feet? Well, he's finished. Right? Now he's putting on his own clothes. The Avodah is done. What does he have to be Makadish Adavaragla for? No, no, no. This is the last part of the Avodah. Take it home with you. Right? Don't leave it in the base of Megdash. Right? It's about taking it home. Right, and that's that's the that's the message of washing his hands the last time. It's not about it's the sh- it's the chamor part of the mitzvah, right? You can't stay there, and that's why he's also medayik. If I remember, right, if I was medayik, the Gemara in Chagiga, Daf Gimel or so, uh, has a remez to the Ole Regalim based on a pasuk in Shira Shirim, right? That my uh, yafech, I forgot the exact lashon of the uh, of the pasuk in Shira Shirim, but it's the naalei basnadiv, the shoes of the basnadiv. Right, the shoes of the Basadiv. That's a reference to the people who go to be Ola, Ola Regel. Answer Schwab. The shoes, when you go to the base of English, you take off your shoes. You only put on your shoes when you leave. Says Schwab, that's the point. To be inspired in the base of Migdash is fine. You know, that's obvious. But it's when you put on the shoes and go home. That's the message. That's what we need to, um, you know, emphasize. To take the messages of the experience of the midst of anything, take it home with us. So that's the Shor and the Chamor. That's the washing the hands and the feet at the end of the Avodah Yom Kippurim. That's the Na'alayim Basnadiv. That's the message in life. Okay. Let's continue a little bit about Yisachar. More about Yisachar. So after Yisachar, which is known as the one, the one who schleps the hard load of Torah, the wonderful load of Torah, Yisachar Chamar Garim, what does the Pasuk say? Vayar Menucha Kitov. He saw Menucha, rest, no. Calmness. Kitov. He saw Menucha. It's good. He saw the lands, that it was peaceful. And therefore he put his shoulder down to carry a burden. Again, every phrase here obviously has deep meaning, right? Unkelis really helps us out on this week's parsha, right? Unkelis is usually, he always helps, but he's usually more of a translation. On this parsha, he's really a commentary. And Vayachian Zosa Bracha, right? We, Unkelis is really, uh, stands out and you gotta go through it. Uh, so he says, So what does that mean? He sees Menucha and therefore he starts working hard. What's the message of that Pasuk? Again, it's a message that many say. This year we'll see it through the eyes of the Sefer Ha'ikarim. Rabbi Yosef Albo, one of the classic, uh, philosophical works in the Rishonim, right? We know the big three, or maybe more than the big three, the Mornavuchim, the Sefer HaKuzari and the Sefer HaIkarim. Chovas Alavavos, I would say the big four. 
four of the big ones. I'm going to leave anyone, not to exclude, but those are four of the major philosophical hashkafic works of the Rishonim, those four. So the Sefer Yikarim in the last parak of the Sefer. You have in front of you source 11, the last parak, Chelek Dalid, Maimar Dalid, and uh, Parak Nun Aleph. Sefer Yikarim talks about everything in life changes. There's nothing constant in life. The only thing that doesn't change is God, who is the ultimate good. Right? Everything changes. People change. We're in a good mood. We're in not a good mood. We're happy. We're not happy. Nobody is constant forever. Animals aren't constant. People aren't constant. We're always, this, we're, was a pendulum. We go back and forth in life. We're feeling spiritual. We're not feeling so spiritual. We're feeling hungry. We're feeling full. Right? We're feeling everything. It's day. It's night. We're young. We're old. I mean, nothing is constant. Something's new. Something's old. Right? Something, nothing, nothing's changed. Nothing is the same. All items in this world, things change to the opposite of what they are. And generally, not only do we change, but he's emphasizing opposite. We go back and forth. And he gives many examples of that. Skip down to 15. Cain Reuven, Adarach Marshall, think of a person, Reuven, Leos Mishinui Masmid, Efshar Shishtana Mizgo Hayom, Mimashoya Esmo. Vishimidosa Mishtanus Lofizeh. A human being is never the same. Right? We could be angry, we could be calm, we could be, you know, a miserly, we could be uh, in a mood to give somebody tzaka. Kia Midos Mishachos Acharamezeg, and the Midos and the actions that we do flow, flow from us. Right? That's, that's life. That's life. Turning over. That's nature as well. Existence, and again, this is said by many, but says the Rabbi Yosef Albo, existence comes after non-existence. Building comes after destruction. Golus comes after geula. There's always opposites. Right, we know a seed in the ground first disintegrates and then it grows into something. A salvation of a nation will only come after Gullus. Right? B'nai Yisrael were born and needed to be born only after Gullus Mitzrayim. Right? Why did Hashem tell Avram Avinu? Before anything, Brisbane Ebesarim, they have to go into Gullus. Why do we need Gullus? We didn't do anything wrong yet. Because you want Geula, you have to go into Gullus first. It's part of the building process. It's all about opposites. The birth of a nation has to go first, has to have first the almost annihilation of the nation, Rahman al And we hope that, you know, in our generation, this is the final stage. Before we have the ultimate ka'ula, we had the decimation of our nation in this century, right? And that's, that's what we, uh, we daven for to see the ultimate, the ultimate completion of the ka'ula. But says the Rebbe Alba, what does it have to do with us? Yisachar. Yisachar sees the goal of what he wants. Vayar menucha kitov. That's the goal. He wants menucha. What does menucha mean? Obviously not physical rest and respite. Menucha means ultimate. Menucha means olam haba. Menucha. Menucha means menucha with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
That's what he sees as the goal. And if that's what I want, if that's the goal, so I have to do the opposite of that now. If I want to be able to be relaxed with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, just basking in the glory, I need to work really hard right now. The opposite of Menucha. And that's what the Pasuk says. Vayar Menucha Kitov, Vayet Shichmo Lisbo. If I want to get Menucha, if I want to earn it, right, then I have to, I have to work. I have to work hard in it. That's what life's about. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to do. And therefore, he, he worked hard in Olam Hazeh in order to earn the Menucha of Olam Haba. Rabbeinu Bachai, similarly, but he emphasizes that you don't have to jump to Menuchas HaNefesh and Menuchas Olam Haba. He wanted Menucha. But Menucha might also be in the sense of this world. He doesn't quote it, but let's first do the Rambam. The Rambam in source 14. The last two halachas in all of Mishnah Torah. How does the Rambam end off Mishnah Torah? Talking about Yemosa Mashiach. Says the Rambam, why do we want Mashiach so much? Why is it that we have to fundamentally think about Sipisa Yeshua, one of the six points that are going to be made to us, La'asilavo? Why? Says the Rambam. Why did they want it so badly? The Neviim, the Chachamim. Not because they would be able to rule over the whole world. Not to rule over the nations, not to be the greatest on top of the world. Not to eat and drink and be merry. Why did they yearn for Yemosa Mashiach? So they would have no other distractions. There wouldn't be war. There won't be hunger. There won't be difficult Olam Hazeh situations. There'll be Menucha in the world. And when there's Menucha, Menuchas Haguf in the world, then we could have Menuchas HaNefesh. Because the Rambam notes, if we're starving, we can't serve Hashem as well as we can if we had a good meal. And every Rebbe will say to his students, did you eat breakfast? If you didn't eat breakfast, go eat breakfast. Because you can learn better with breakfast. Hashem doesn't want us to fast. right? That's not the goal. There's only one day a year that Hashem told us to fast. And the day before that, He gave, a, gave us a mitzvah to eat. The only weekday of the year that there's a mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur. All the other fasts are all our fault. And says the Rambam, the, the goal of Yomosa Mashiach is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Shalvas HaNefesh. Without other distractions. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, that's Menucha. Menucha doesn't have to be what Sefer Yikarim says. He sees Menucha in Olam Abba. No, he sees what he wants in Olam Azeh. He wants that Menucha. As he says, Menucha Saguf, the Giyaz HaNefesh, in this world. And if I do that, then I'll also be able to merit what Yisachar wanted to merit as well. So we have to realize, we dive in for Menucha. We want Menucha, Menucha Saguf, Menucha HaNefesh. In order to serve Hakadosh Baruch. Okay, final thought. Final thought for the evening. Getting back to someone who we haven't uh, mentioned in a couple of weeks, Rabbi Yosef Engel. Yosef Engel, as we know, or as uh, we'll mention, uh, did not write a sefer on Chumash that we have, 
but there was a Teferis Yosef that was put out a number of years ago. They took Rabbi Yosef Engel from all over his farm and put it on Seder Parsha. Bracious, you have in front of you. I've tried to get Shmos. I think it's out of print. I've been able to get my hands on one yet. Keep trying. But uh, Teferis Yosef in Source 15 quotes the Chazal about Yaakov Avinu's death. The Pasuk says that Yaakov Avinu died. Right? The Pasuk says towards the end of the Parsha, Okay, it says that he expired, to be exact. It doesn't say the words he died. I take that back. And that's why Chazal Darshin, Rashi says, Yaakov didn't die. And the question that's asked by many is, what does that mean? How do you mummify somebody who didn't die? Right? We know, okay, Chanoch didn't die. He went up. Elio Anavi didn't die. Maybe Rabshua Ben Levi, Gemara Ksubis, Zion, Zion, didn't die. He stole the knife of the Malachim Avis and ran into Gan Eden. Okay, a few people didn't die in history. But it says that they mummified him and they carried him up. What does that mean? He didn't die. Right? How do we understand that? Veneresi, he says a Chiddush Gadol, what he says, what I wrote elsewhere, what he wrote in the Beis Ozar. There was a major discussion in the Rishonim already. The Mishnah Lamelech has a whole safer on this topic. What was the status of the Avos? Right, the Avos. Did they have the status of super B'nai Noach? Or did they have the status of Jews, pre-Jews, super Jews, something? What were, the, were they more B'nai Noach? Were they more Yisrael? They weren't commanded in the mitzvahs yet, that's for sure. But... What status did they have? And a big discussion in the, again, the Mishal Melech has a whole safer, precious Rachim, about this topic. Suggests of Yosef Engel, maybe there's a split between the Avos. Avram and Yitzchak or B'nai Noach. Yaakov Avinu was the first Jew. That's his suggestion, based on a Gemara Mesech Shabbos, where at least according to one opinion, the Zuhama that was with the Avos, the spiritual impurity was with Avraham, and that's how you see Yishmael came out of him, was with Yitzchak, that's how you see Esau came out of him. Yaakov didn't have any. Yaakov Avinu suggests, Rabbi Yosef Engel, line 16, Yet Matan Torah starts, with Yaakov Avinu. You needed a nation, and therefore you had to have 12 Shvatim, and then go down to Mitzrayim, and the whole process. But Yaakov Avinu was the first. Let's go deeper, says Rabbi Yosef Engel. Vehine, second column. Yaakov Hayibo Bezin Yanim. Yaakov Avinu really had two sides to his spiritual personality. Number one, he was an individual. Number two, he was a nation. Maybe that's his two names. He was Yaakov and he was Yisrael. It doesn't fit in exactly because it says Yaakov Avinu. It doesn't say Yisrael. Okay, but that's good enough. Yaakov Avinu, Lomais. What does that mean? The Yaakov Avinu individual, the Yaakov Avinu personal, he died. And they were chonet him. And they were maspid him. But the tzad of Yaakov Avinu that was already the beginning of Kabbalah Satorah, the Yaakov Avinu that encapsulated the entire nation were called B'nai Yisrael. That part of Yaakov didn't die and will never die. Yaakov Avinu Lomes. There was no other Jew besides him. He was. 
Hayu Yisrael Rishon, Asher Rishis, who call called Dabar. The beginning captures everything, and he quotes in the footnotes a bunch of Maharals. Yagavinu lo meis hainu de madrega haklalus asher lo shahaya nechshav klal Yisrael bazelo hayamisa vesiluk derakish Yaakov aprati meis madrega saklal right can't can't ain misa betzibur the Gemara quotes in Harios he quotes in the footnotes right we know even the Gemara says in Baal Basra kabiri lo kala shifta even a shavet will never die because that's a significant portion of the am. Yaakov Avinu Lomais, because that means Klai Lomais. That's the source for David Melech Yisrael Chavikaya. Klai Yisrael is here. Yes, we might still be mourning 2,000 years ago <coughs> what happened, and we're fasting, but Yaakov Avinu Lomais. That Sad Klali Shal Yaakov, the Am Yisrael, that never dies, and that's what we know, and that's what we yearn for. We yearn to get back in full. The Yaakov Avinu, the Klaus Yisrael, we daven. We mentioned in the past years the unbelievable Chassam Sofer. Chassam Sofer says that every year on Asar B'teves, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides whether there's going to be a Tisha B'av later that year. Because it's the beginning of the process. HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides on Asar B'teves. And that's why he explained in the Abu Dram that if Asar B'teves would fall out on Shabbos, it can never fall out on Shabbos according to the calendar, but if it falls out on Shabbos, you, could fast, you would fast even on Shabbos. According to at least one opinion that we've shown him. Why? Because you don't fast on Shabbos for a fast that has to do with the past. Tisha B'Av, Shabbos, and Batamos. Yom Kippur, you fast on Shabbos. A Tainas Chalom, you fast on Shabbos. Why? Because that has to do with the future. Yom Kippur has to do with my life. Asar B'Teves has to do with the future. It has to do with whether there's going to be a Tisha B'Av this year. So let's all take it to heart. Let's make sure this Asar B'Teves, and if you listen to this the day after Asar B'Teves, it's also good. Let's, this time of year, we have to make sure we have Avas and we have to make sure we do our best to be the best Ovi Hashem that we can. We should be Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek. We should be strengthened from each other and through the Torah that we learn together. Okay, we'll stop here.